This is the Radioactive Show, bringing you news from the anti-nuclear, environmentalist and anti-war movements across Australia and the world. Produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. On the 25th of April 2017, the Seventh Frontier Wars March took place at the end of the official Anzac March in Canberra. The Frontier Wars March is a campaign to have the Frontier Wars recognised in the official Australian narrative of history. Anzac Day is to be a day to remember all fallen in all wars. So this campaign says, what about remembering the biggest war that took place on Australian soil, that of colonisation after 1788. We start by hearing from Auntie Nin Phillips, who welcomed the visitors to Canberra the night before the Frontier Wars March. First and foremost... I honour my elders that have gone before me, especially my mother and my father, my grandparents and my great-grandparents, all of whom are of Nungwa in the old language, Ngunnawal descent. I honour elders present and I honour, especially honour, those elders to come, which are these little ones surrounding us. Yumalandi Dura Nungana, Dura Nungwal. Yumalandi. Yumalandi is welcome in our country. It means you come in peace and you obey the rules when you're in someone's country, like you have to do now. I've noted in the last several weeks all the warmongers, particularly the retired generals, are all coming out and giving their voices to this insanity. And war is insanity. I fear for the children, I fear for the coming generations. I don't think no one knows how to spell peace anymore. P-E-A-C-E. And I think those who are brave enough, we have to stand up to the people who create these wars. Not in my name. Frontier Wars. Just up the road here, Lake George, 1823. Between the years 27, 1827. My people were massacred. Few women survived. Thankfully, one of those was my grandmother's great-grandmother. I also acknowledge these gorgeous pink cheeks of mine. I wish I knew them, but I don't. I was born on an Aboriginal reserve just over those mountains, as was my father, my grandfather, and my great-grandfather. We have to start being brave again and put memories, living memories, in my head. And your head, the memories that I have were those mothers when the Vietnam conscripts, they were standing there at the showground road and protesting. I think now we've got to start organising ourselves. Our governments are incapable. And it's not about being cruel about our governments. It's just got too many people are too greedy. I said to my son, my darling, what do you think? What weapon have they got? And all of a sudden, this weapon in Syria called 
mother of all bombs. Or was it Afghanistan? I really don't know anymore. I have forgotten. We have to negotiate peace. Our governments won't do it. <coughs> the people who make the weapons, the, war, the real warmongers, are making too much money to allow our governments. You know, you've got the Rifle Association in America, and every time there's a shooting of little babies in schools, the government, uh, the gun lobby comes out and goes, oh no, guns don't kill people, people kill people. <coughs> and I yell at the TV. My son threatens to lock me up when he sees me doing this. Mum, don't yell at the television. But the truth is, that's all I can do at the moment, but I think we've got to be brave. We are 16, 17 years into this new century. I don't know. There are people amongst you who are war protesters. I've been a protester all my life. But we've got to do real actions, not just lobby our members of parliament. Somebody has got to get back to this old peace movement and say, stop it. We cannot allow Mother Earth where do they think these friggin' bombs go to? How many times can you drop an atom bomb? <coughs> How many times can you <laughs> shoot these horrible metal-piercing bullets? Where do you think they go? This is the only place us humans can live. I don't want some stupid bomb to wipe me out and I don't want some stupid bomb to wipe you out. Greed has overtaken us. It's amazing land of ours, I can just imagine, when you look across the valleys and just let the lights disappear. Imagine what greedy eyes saw this land. I often think that the first European occupiers went, oh gosh, I've died and gone to heaven. You're still in heaven, except crazies run it now instead of God. So every one of you look after yourselves. Please, from the bottom of my heart, take care. But if you're brave enough, I, I get very scared when I see what is happening. I think maybe when you get old and you're feeling a little helpless and you don't have that wonderful youth strength. But all around the world, we need to make sure the next generation and the generation are looked after. There must be some children who are growing up there who are absolutely living in madness. Look after yourselves. Yimalandi, 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 and thank you. Hello, my name's Margie Thorpe. I'm in Canberra um, at, with the Tent Embassy. We've just um, done the um, Frontier March as part of the Anzac Parade, and um, yes, it's been a, a, an amazing day. Raining, but good. Yeah. Hello to everyone out there in the 3CR land. <laughs> uh, I've been at the um, Ten Embassy at the um, Sovereignty Workshop for the last couple of days. That's what we came up to. So um, it's just amazing. It's amazing to come to the Embassy as usual, be inspired and... Um, rejuvenated and then to come today and even though it's pouring rain it's just a wonderful feeling to you know to be with people walking together um, for recognition of the frontier walls so to be part of the um, 
I guess, action to uh, recognise those people who were murdered in the massacres throughout the country is very important. You know, I, I'm not a one for um, glorifying war. Um, I have um, close family who were in World War One and, and um, all the wars. Um, I've never marched in any Anzac parade. Um, I believe that um, many of our... Um, men in the early days went to war at great cost to their their families and their communities. My great grandfather died in World War One. He was a military, he died a hero, military medal winner. Um, his wife and children, child, my grandfather, um, were sent back to Lake Tyres, and the government um, told um, Granny that um, they would be looked after by the mission. So. Um, down the track a few years later, he was kicked off. My grandfather was kicked off the mission because he stayed away working too long. So, yeah, and it's just, um, you think about, um, I only had one, um, he only had one son. And um, so, you know, obviously we don't have um, big family group as a, as a result. Mm. You're listening to the Radioactive Show. That was Marjorie Thorpe talking to me just after the Frontier Wars March in Canberra. We are going to hear more from uh, Auntie after this track from Combat Wombat always was. You're listening to The Radioactive Show.
and the recognition of the sovereignty of this land. It's not up to anybody to decide whether that's right or wrong. Something just needs to be recognised. What are the links between the Frontier Wars campaign to get the Frontier Wars recognised officially in Australian history and the, and the, the move for a treaty? Well, you have to recognise the truth. You can't have a treaty, you can't have reconciliation without the truth. And part of that truth is what happened um, when this country was occupied. Our people were outright murdered en masse. In Gippsland, where I'm from, 90% of our people were annihilated through massacres. You know, so there was about 200 people left. So the impact on us has been devastating, as it would be with the Tasmanian people, you know, just outright massacre to almost extinction. So unless that the truth is known, um, and the ongoing grief, trauma and loss, you know, families were dislocated, families were murdered. So the descendants of those people have, are still enduring that loss and um, grieving mm. and because we that's what needs to be recognised the truth mm. before you can have any you know um, agreement to um, to give consent for an, ego, an illegal occupation and just judging by the response from the crowd as he marched up there today from the police at the top um, how close are you, are you do you think to Australia officially recognising the frontier wars in a way that would make you happy well, I think even, you know, little steps, as they say, you know, we were allowed to um, follow the march up, but when you got to the top, um, everyone else is recognised and our name wasn't mentioned. Of course, the um, returned, the Aboriginal, Torres Strait and Aboriginal soldiers were um, recognised and mentioned. Um, we understand that they actually led the march, those veterans, so that's... Um, something that would never happen previously. Mm-hmm. But in terms of recognising the first war that was on this soil, well, the biggest war at least that was on this soil um, of Australia, and this is Australia's National Day to Remember War, do you think we're anywhere near...? Well, I think that that's one of the things that should be included in any treaty talks. Mm. You know, when we're talking about um, resolution to um, or reconciliation or whatever they want to call it, I mean, they're the issues that need to be addressed. Mm. You know, if we're going to have rightful status in this country, then we should be deter- we should determine what those um, what that would be and what that would look like. Mm-hmm. So, th- just thinking about Australian culture, the broader Australian culture. You know, this is <laughs> a wet, rainy day in Canberra, the 25th of April. People have essentially come together to commemorate Australia's failed invasion of another country, Turkey, that never did anything to us, never looked like going to war with us. It's sort of dark, mysterious reasons why England was even at war with them anyway. What, what do you think that says about the broader Australian culture? How do we go about addressing, uh, about making changes to that? No, that's a hard question. I think that Anzac Day is, a, is, a, is an opportunity for government to glorify war, particularly to young people. Um, you know, all the medals and the hoo-ha about the heroes and all the rest of it, you know, to making it look like that's not a bad thing. I think right now, at this point in time, mm. right now, young people 
you know, you have to worry for um, the young people in this country with what this government is, the direction this government's going in and following blindly with the US, for God's sakes. We live in the, um, the Asia-Pacific region. Um, you know, you have to worry about that. This just seems to be a beat-up to uh, recruit more um, foot soldiers. Mm. The, the talk today at the top there was given by uh, uh, some Rear Admiral, some Chief of the Navy or Chief of the Defence Force, was a rehashing of the, the way America saved us in World War Two. Oh, yeah. you know? I didn't listen to that. We just walked away. We left, you know, we walked up there, my granddaughter's with me, um, my daughter's still there, Lydia, um, but we walked back because, you know, I couldn't bear to hear the, um, the speeches and the hymns and all the rest of it. Um, and there's not a big crowd, mind you. There's a very small crowd. I'm actually very surprised. It doesn't matter where we're on. There's a few blackfellas and supporters there for the, um, for the frontier wars. Um, but I, I thought it was a very small crowd, so, um, yeah. What do you think that might mean? Um, as You know, this is the 102nd anniversary. Yeah. It's too hard, isn't it? It's too, too wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, no one's going to really... Um, I mean, not, I'm not saying no one, but... You know, there are a lot of people who are not going to come out of their comfort zone, are they? That's right. One of the fears people sort of cite, there's the fear that, you know, Australia is going to get invaded by, um, you know, an Asian country if we don't have the US alliance. Sort of from this wound of the way we treated Aboriginal people hasn't been acknowledged, so we're scared that someone's going to do to us what we did to them. But there's also a fear... Sorry. Sorry. No, no, you're right. Do you want to say anything about that? No, no, no. That's part of the propaganda, isn't it? Yeah. That's part part of the propaganda, and um, you know, um, from my um, understanding, I haven't the worst um, terrorists in the in the world are the, are the U.S. I mean, they're invading countries on mass for what for what purpose? Mm. It's not for um, it's obviously for an economic reason. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what this is about in the south in you know the the um, Asia Pacific. Um, what's happening now? So if it's about you know, the economics, um, maybe China's um, got too much of the um, economic um, cut in the world and the US don't like it. It's, it's really interesting as we're sitting here at the end of Anzac Avenue where the, the frontier wars gathered, there's a couple of big trucks out front of us and they're bringing a crane over. They're lifting up these um, barricades that were put down to um, protect mm-hmm. the crowds. From, yes, from all of the people that didn't come. From all of the people <laughs> that didn't come. And to pre- all the protesters that didn't... That well, our, our protest, mind you, was very um, respectful. Mm. There was no one yelling out anything. People wore black armed bands and there was certainly every respect shown mm. for the soldiers who fought um, for Australia, mm. black and white, and that was certainly um, part of our, um, our walk along. Very respectful. So how do we get real security then? If you're living in fear all the time, well, you know, that's not a good way to go. I don't know. Don't live in cities. <laughs> what about um, talking to each other? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me prompt you along. Talking to who? Ah, yeah, good question. Who are black going to talk to? Yeah. Because this is, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a bit as someone who's done anti-war stuff and we're out at, out at a, there seems to be a lot of privilege in the activist movement and it's like, how do we? How do people listen? How do people like me actually listen? Well, you're right. We have to talk, and we have to listen to each other. Not one talking at the other, and one, you know. 
and it has to be that's you know that's what you would expect to see in any treaty negotiation mm. you know it's about respect about protocols um, to have any dialogue with any any people it doesn't matter and between even older people and younger people mm. you know there's no respect there sometimes yeah so what is the world coming to what do people believe in Aboriginal people know what they believe in and that's what holds that's our strength we haven't got much else mm-hmm. and um, it's sad to say that you know you see a lot of you know, white Australians and not necessarily white Australians either, but people who are very comfortable, very well off, but I don't reckon they're real happy myself. Mm. You know, they're just worried about um, consumerism and, you know, individualism. That's mm. not how I would want to live. No. What do, what do you think, as a general rule, Australia, if you said had to answer the question Australia believes in, how would you answer that? Australia believes in... The US... What do the US represent? Well, I think that uh, a war, greed, power, you know, power to control everybody. In You know, look at the US have done to their the American Indigenous peoples. Mm. You know, just recently with um, Standing Rock. Yeah. There's no respect for people by the, um, the US government. Mm-hmm. That's what, um, that's the problem with the world. And with the British government as well, and you know the right wing, wing um, rise of the of the right wing within Europe, even and um, you know in this country, I mean that's that's terrifying. That's more terrifying to me, and it has the last times so I've come to Canberra and um, participated in a in a reclaim um, Australia protest. I, I I was terrified when I seen those young white fellas marching with this draped in this drape that put a that actually terrified me when I seen is that what the face of Australia is going to look like because it was terrifying why, why do you think it's why do you think it's going that way uh, obviously people like um, Pauline Hanson um, Malcolm Turnbull Barnaby Joyce you know the ilk of the those people sitting in that house you know, God, we can do better than that, can't we? Can't the Australian voters do better than that, for goodness sakes? And I don't think um, Bill and his crew are any better. Mm. So if in five elections' time Pauline Hanson is the, the Prime Minister of Australia, what do you think Australia will have lost? Well, they would kill all of us off, so they would probably lose all the, any spirit they might have ever had a chance of having. You know, look at what they're trying to do in um, Western Australia and closing down remote communities. For what? For what's under the ground? That's all it's about. We're just here. We've got um, people arriving back from the from the march. We've also, you know, your granddaughter's hanging around. So we just, I just asked the question, what, what will Australia lose if in five elections' time Pauline Hanson wins? But what if um, in three or four elections' time... Um, things are looking better. What would I mean? I don't know how we'd get there. That's obviously the question. If you could answer that, I'm sure all Australians would give you millions of dollars. But what what could Australia be in say five elections time, ten, fifteen years time? What do you dream that Australia would be like? That um, the people who occupied this country and murdered the first peoples here are judged. Probably that's a bit too harsh for them, but um, you know that, like I said, the truth has to be has to be told. 
the truth has to be known. And Aboriginal, what Aboriginal people have is the essence of the spirit of this land. No one can take care of this land like the Aboriginal people have done. Maybe we can save a lot of the environment if the rightful um, people took, the, took their responsibility back in managing this land and, and how to treat each other as well, and families and respect for each other. And what, what would society be like? What would what it be like to live in? I think a society without fear is one that I would like to live in without people being afraid to walk down the street because they, they may act differently or look differently. And I think um, I'd like to live in a peaceful society, one where everyone prospers. Um, and where the land is taken care of and the people are taken care of and people are respected mm. by those that rule, <laughs> try to rule us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anyone listening now, what, if, they, if they're dreaming of a better Australia, if they're white, if they're black, like what, 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 would you, what would you tell them to do if they're listening to this and maybe becoming aware of these things for the first time? What should their next step be, Arnie? Well, they should um, find out who, whose land they're actually living on they should, if there's any of those people left, that is. Mm. And in Victoria, a lot of places, there are no people left. Mm. But they should find out the history, the real history of what happened on the land that they're living on and, and seek out those, um, those traditional owners and, and, you know, set up a dialogue with them about how they could help those traditional owners take care of the land. There are lots of ways that art environmental, you know, regenerating, you know, bush that's been destroyed by whatever, mining or farming or, you know, logging. Heal heal the land, heal the people? Heal the land, heal the people, yes. Thanks very much, Anna. Thank you. That was Auntie Marge Thorpe finishing up another radioactive show for us. You can download the podcast for the radioactive show at 3cr.org.au slash radioactive. Thanks for listening and a big shout out to Chelsea Metting who's released from jail this week after seven years imprisonment for blowing the whistle on US war crimes against Iraqi and Afghan people. She is a hero in many ways and we look forward to seeing what else she does. The music at the start of the show was Plant Dem Seeds by Combat Wombat. This show was produced on the land of the Wanarong people in Melbourne, Victoria, recorded on the lands of the Ngunnawal people. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.